This summer, we are exploring the path of a disciple, the journey of disciples. And this week, we do turn uh, the page, so to speak. We're, we're in the same gospel. We're just in the next three verses uh, from chapter 10 in, in Matthew's gospel. As he's instructing his disciples about, uh, well, he's preparing to send them out two by two. We'll say a little bit more about that. But these are the follow-up um, lesson, uh, the, the follow-up lesson that he gives before sending them out. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 40. Whoever receiveth no welcomes, you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of those little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. This weekend in Virginia United Methodist World, I don't know if it's the same in every conference around the world, but today is the first Sunday for a lot of my pastor colleagues. They are going to their new churches for the first time. This was mine and Pastor Minu's last year. And their churches are doing things to welcome them in, much as you all did as you welcomed us in a, a year ago. We had wonderful ceremony on that first Sunday with our Fourth of July crowd. Then we waited a week to do, uh, you know, had a wonderful fellowship time together, uh, in addition to all the gatherings in people's houses, uh, where we had opportunities to meet some of you all, many of you all, uh, in a more uh, limited setting so that we could have some deeper connections in those places. But not every time a pastor goes to a new church are they welcomed so well. I was a first-time solo pastor walking to the sanctuary to lead my first worship service at Calvary United Methodist Church in Salem. I'm, and, well, I've already said the name. So anyway, I am calling them out maybe. Well, the church was all right, but I, as I was walking toward the sanctuary doors, so my, as if my office is over there, I'm walking this way. About right there, I'm behind a couple of people who had, and I just met the, the gentleman who was being helped to the sanctuary, and he said to the one who he was holding on to in a loud whisper, because I don't think he had a true whisper, he's too young to be our pastor. This is all I got, man. This is it. Another time I was sitting in the hospital with uh, a gentleman, his wife was having surgery, and he, and he was like, I, you know, you pastors, you guys... You get a lot of weird or undue criticism about different things. I'm like, eh. I mean, but at that point, I was an associate. I was new to the game, and the senior pastor took all the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. But he's starting to talk, and he says, and, you know, and like when people criticize the color of the dress shirt you wear on Sunday morning, I'm like, they do what? <laughs> and those are some of the tame ones that we get. But not every time do we welcome the ones who have been sent to disciple us. And that's what is happening in this text. Jesus is getting his disciples ready to send them out and preparing them with proper expectations. 
In the previous verses, he's laid out a bunch of different things. He starts that whole chapter with his mini commissioning. He gives instructions, and then he, he gives them some perspective of all the different things they might face, and it sounds pretty tough. But then he gets to these three verses, and he said, now this is what to look for. This is what he's telling them. This isn't about the disciples themselves being hospitable, although it applies. He's talking about the disciples being welcomed in hospitality. How they recognize those who are receptive to the good news. And he lays that out in the verses 40 through 42. But it's not just to that. It's not just, this isn't just a sermon. This is how you're supposed to welcome your pastors when they come or, you know, something like that. Although if I have colleagues as past churches who are listening, for some odd reason, take care of them. Do, you know, be kind and, and take care of them. However, um, we can learn from these words of Jesus to those disciples as he's sending them out. What it, one, what it looks like to be someone who is open and receptive to God's word. What, what does it look like? And that there is a, a significance, a spiritual significance to our ability to welcome others, and that there is indeed a reward for doing so, for welcoming others in the name of Christ. So it starts at verse 40, um, that Christ's messengers, those who go in Jesus' name, have a specific role to do. And I'm not trying to elevate what we do above other people, but there's something special. In our world, we, 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 we meet those people, and I do this myself, new people who are those who are sent to us to be messengers of God's word with a little bit more cynicism than we did years ago. I was in seminary in Richmond, and we had the blessing of living in a neighborhood rather than dorm seminary apartments. And we had a, a neighbor who was a retired pastor just a couple doors down, and he said, I feel bad for you. Uh, uh, because in my day, when I went to a new church, they just assumed all the positives, and I didn't have to earn their respect. And now the opposite had seemed to be true. This was in the late 90s. The levels haven't changed so much, but that's not always <laughs> wrong. Um, it's not a blanket statement, but our world, we're cynical about our leaders in general. We, we have challenged authority. We question um, leadership all the time. Maybe even a little bit more so when we can search on the internet for 30 minutes and become an expert on anything. But as we welcome those who others have sent to us to speak particularly on the things of God, to welcome them as God's messengers until they prove us, unless they prove us elsewise. And it becomes this privilege, this holy, sacred privilege. Now, I, I feel really weird preaching on this from this point, because this feels really self-serving. I'm just going to say it. It's not in my notes anywhere. I do not mean that to be, but it, just as part of this whole section is about being more outwardly focused than inwardly focused. And when we're, when we're critical or cynical, rather, we're inwardly focused. You, we're in this, you, you gotta, you got to prove yourself. you got to prove me wrong or it's in here, it's, and it's a protective thing. We have plenty of reason to, to second-guess leadership. There are plenty of, 
um, whether it's whether it's local or global, and we see it on the news, we hear different things about leaders of um, anything, and particularly pastors. It always is heartbreaking to hear when pastors have fallen, so to speak. But I think it's important to also hear this side of it, that to welcome those who come to bring us God's word, and I'm not just talking pastors, it could be anyone, to first be open to what they have to say. Because if God has sent somebody to share the good news with us, he is sending us a gift to receive. And if we're closed off, we don't catch that gift the first time around, and we don't always get a second time around. So to be open to the gift that God sends when his messengers are are sent into our presence. In the next verse, in 41, starts talking about extended hospitality and kindness. And that's not new. That's not new to the New Testament. That is as old as, as the stories of Abraham in the Old Testament. It's the book of Genesis about welcoming the strangers and the visitors in our midst. Perhaps even assuming whether or not they have a, the proper name tag or certain traditions, the collar or the proper attire or what have you, assuming that whomever we encounter may indeed be someone sent by God, a messenger of God. We read in Abraham's story in Genesis 18, the three visitors, they come to him in a tent and they receive them and they recognize them as angels in our midst. They weren't sure at first. They were out in the desert, so it's pretty odd just to have three folks walk up on you. But they're there. And they welcomed them in. And that was through that gift of hospitality and that fellowship that they had around a meal that God extended the promise of a son, Isaac, to Abraham and his bride, though they had been barren for many years. Jesus also weaves this into a parable in Luke 10 about being hospitable. The Good Samaritan story. The man who's injured on the side of the road and he's left for dead by the robbers and then he's passed by by the religious authorities because of the fear of being tainted by his um, whatever is going on with him that would have made them ritually impure. But the last person in the world who would ever have been thought to reach out to this Jewish man was a man from Samaria. There, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. They're enemies. They're related, but distant cousins. But they are enemies. Yet that was the one who cared for him. And that's not welcoming hospitality into the space where you already are. That's being hospitable out and about in the world and recognizing that anyone can be our neighbor or anyone can be sent by God. And I'm going to jump back to the Old Testament too. Back to after Moses had led the people of Israel through the wilderness, they have entered into the promised land and they are trying to maintain control or take back control and they're at Jericho and they send in spies and Rahab, the prostitute, welcomes them, protects them, 
And because of that, they're able to take the city that God had told them was theirs. And she is saved and becomes a part of the genealogy of Christ. We never know what the impact may be when we lead with hospitality, a generosity of spirit. We may entertain angels in our midst unaware. We may be setting things up for marvelous things to happen in the future that we will never see or anticipate or reap the rewards from. Small acts of kindness have ripples far, can have ripples far beyond our current circumstance. There's a video I found earlier this week that I'd like to share with you. It's about two and a half minutes. It's from TikTok, so you got a lot of black screen on either side, but. I was in a little cafe sitting at the counter and two college girls were waiting for a booth when a father and daughter came in. The little girl was maybe about four, dressed head to toe like a Disney princess, complete with the tiara. And while they were waiting, the college girls knelt down and asked, are you Sleeping Beauty? And the little girl very shyly nodded and they said, may we have your autograph? And they pulled out a notebook and she gave them both a flourish with the pen. And when a booth finally did open up, the girls insisted that the father and daughter take it. And then the only open seats were at the counter next to me. And so the gals took those and I remarked to them what a sweet thing that was to do, the autograph and letting the father and daughter have the booth. And one of the gals said in an Italian accent, my grandfather would have wanted me to do that. And I said, yeah, what's the story there? And she said that her grandfather had been a little boy in Italy during World War II. And after the war, one of the American GIs that had been stationed near their village was sort of famous for all the little courtesies that he would perform for the villagers. Little favors and little gifts and little fixes to things. And, and he just left a smile wherever he went. And they nicknamed him Rino which I guess was short for rhinoceros, because not only was he stocky, but he had a very big nose. And anyway, she said that after the war in Italy, a lot of scores got settled between civilians, sometimes political, sometimes personal. And her grandfather's family had been on the receiving end of some armed men who'd come about some old vendetta. And that the only thing standing between the family and these armed men was the American GI. Now, normally the villagers might have minded their own business, but the young Reno had become so popular with the town that they formed a wall around him as he protected the family. And I guess this had the effect of making it look like the family was under the protection of both the U.S. Army and the entire village. And the young woman that told me this story said that her grandfather believed that what had saved the family was what he called l'eco de piccole gentilese, the echo of small kindnesses and that when she was in America, her grandfather said she should never leave a room without leaving behind a smile. And while we were talking, she had been diligently folding this little piece of paper to leave behind one more. was a origami rhinoceros, if you couldn't tell from the, from the glare. Other screen. Echoes of kindness. They continue to affect far beyond our initial 
action. Oftentimes, at very little expense to ourselves. Maybe at an inconvenience. Maybe a little bit of time, extra time than we had planned. But to offer and extend those small, seemingly insignificant kindnesses that can have ripple effects far beyond our imagining. I can't imagine that that GI in Italy would know that his story would continue to bless others, what, 80 years after the fact? We have that opportunity. We have that privilege. Jesus even says we have that responsibility. In the text, at the end of the text, he talks about even about giving a small, uh, uh, not small, a cold glass of water, a cold cup of water to someone. An extension of hospitality, a simple act of generosity. Not as simple as it is for us, either going to the fridge or the faucet to get our water, but a small act of kindness nonetheless. It's a sign of appreciation for that person, sign of life. You're offering life back into that person's being by offering that small act of kindness as they gave water. Water is life. They know, do it more intense, intensely then than we do now. Most of us walk around dehydrated when we're within a few feet walk of, a, of the source of water, but they made sure that they had water when they could, even if it meant going to the well the first thing in the morning to bring it back to the household. And as we, and this is at verse 42, as we um, consider caring for others, even the little ones, as Jesus was saying, it's an expression of our relationship with Christ. The closer we are to Christ, the less self-centered we become. The less our world's, our eyes focus, our, our um, impetus, our, I've got all these big words in my head and I can't get them right down. But anyway, they're in, they're in my text and I'll get there later. But anyway, <clears throat> our oomph behind our actions isn't ourself. It's the other in front of us, whoever the other is. Even if it's just treating them like a person. How many times, I cannot tell you how many times either of our mothers have put smiles on the faces of the cashier at the grocery, not that most of us use a checkout line anymore, we do it ourselves, but the, gross, the cashier in the grocery store actually making eye contact asking them how are you and and sustaining eye contact long enough to know that it's not just the how are you please don't tell me i don't really want to know but i'm just being polite how are you right we don't we always employ that one all the time how are you doing and keep going and they have a small conversation and all it took was a little bit of time a little bit of time and a, and, a, and taking the chance of feeling a little awkward for a moment Never leaving a room without leaving a smile behind. That's, what a blessing. What a blessing. In a world when most of our resting faces are not happy resting faces. 
Because we're not really resting. Our, our minds are turning and we're about whatever. As we get closer to Christ, we become, become more open to receiving his message from whatever source it might come from, even the angels or the messengers who come in surprise or the ones who are sent with collars to our places of worship and anyone and everyone in between who is a follower of Jesus Christ who holds the gospel, the good news within them. It's a part of their, it's not just a part of their head knowledge, it's part of their heart knowledge and it lives out through our actions and our being. Jesus has put the disciples on a lookout for those who are receptive to his word. But I want us to be on the lookout for ourselves as a, as a measuring, as a benchmark for how receptive are we to, to God's message? How open are we to other people just to be present with them? We don't have to agree with everything that they believe in. We don't have to like all the things that they do. We just have to see them as another human being made in the image of God. And maybe they've been an angel sent to tell us something that we never, that we might not have heard, that we might have missed if otherwise we had just gone on about our business. There's more to being a sent follower of Christ, making disciples, than just having all the head knowledge in place. It's about a connection to our Savior that prepares our hearts as well as our minds to be open to his messengers, to be open to his message, and to be those whose lives express those small kindnesses all the time but then those huge leaps of faith and moments of sacrifice when they're called for. May we join together on this journey as welcoming disciples of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we indeed thank you for welcoming us into your presence. There's nowhere we can go that you aren't already there. You receive us. Help us to be received intentionally, to acknowledge your presence, to look for your activity, to be open to your disciples, your messengers, and your message, wherever we might encounter them. And as we become closer to your son, more open to him and then to others, may our lives be filled with small and large acts of kindness that not only put smiles on faces, but share the love of Christ and open doors to their relationship with Jesus as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.